Welcome to One Moment Wiser. This is Christy Bridges, and I'm going to help you understand yourself better, improve your relationships, and connect with your creator. My guests share personal stories and wisdom, and in 2023, we're focusing on mental health from a Christian perspective. Let's get started. Hello, welcome to One Moment Wiser. This is Christy Bridges, and today I have Kelly Ellis back with us. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> so Kelly is my friend and a counselor. She counsels, we've been counseling for like 10 years now, right? Mm -hmm. And we have the most fascinating conversations. So I wanted to share a conversation that we've been having with you, because I think it'll help. I know when I used to work in the office, before we went to working at home, I sat in a cubicle all day long. And so I was in one role, continuously serving and having to be perky and having to be knowledgeable and having to, to meet all the requirements right. of this role. And by halfway through the day, I felt so trapped in this cubicle and I would get cubicle fever and I would race out the door on break to Brahms or to basically anywhere else, not because I needed to go anywhere, but because I needed to get away. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes that happens in other parts of our lives, right? It certainly can. Mm -hmm. So you were telling me about your concept of helping clients flip the box. Yeah. What is flipping the box? So when my clients come in, um, usually first visit always, I say, this is my take on therapy and what I do as a therapist. So what I do is that we all need therapy at one point in our lives, no matter what, because we all find ourselves stuck in a box. So when we're in that situation, whether it's trauma, whether it's depression, anxiety, OCD, um, just life, mm -hmm. um, relationships, you know, all those things, um, we feel like we're stuck in a box. And when we're in that box, all we see is the four walls around us. So it's really hard for us to get out of the box. Mm. And so it's my job as your therapist to come along, tip your box upside down, and give you a new perspective. Gotcha. That is flipping boxes. It's basically a mindset change. Yeah, because it's hard to see what the world looks like when you're surrounded by four walls, even if they're metaphorical, right. and a ceiling and floor. You're closed into patterns that you've developed yes. in perhaps dysfunctional relationships or response yes. to traumatic events or just trying to be perfect in a certain role. Yeah. And uh, you start to not see the places you could go, you start to not see that that top is not actually a limit for you. You can nudge that top right open, right? Right. So you need someone to go, hey, this is this is what I see, mm -hmm. and reach in and help. Yeah. So how do you do that? Oh, well, there's lots of different ways that you can help change your mindset. Mm -hmm. um, some of them is, of course, we have to identify the patterns. Right. We need to know what it is. Um, so I like starting with self-sabotaging behaviors. That's one of my favorite things. Mm. Um, because when we are in those self-sabotaging behaviors, we don't 
we don't realize it because it's coping skills. Right. It's ways that we have always dealt with survival from our childhood, basically. Um, not that your childhood was bad, but that this is how you got along and this served you well. Well, it doesn't serve you well as an adult, and sometimes we can get stuck in that pattern and not know how to get out of it. There are different requirements for us to cope as kids than there are as adults, aren't there? Absolutely. As kids, we are, we need mm -hmm. to rely on other people to tell us what to do. We need to obey other people to, right. you know, stay out of trouble and because we don't know as much as they know. Right. We need to do things in a certain way as kids. As adults, we don't necessarily have to follow those same relationship patterns, but because we learned them so well yes. as kids, we can. We can stay stuck in patterns that were important for us to develop, but not important now. Right. That's, right. you know, that's a good one. So these coping strategies you help people identify that maybe no longer serve them. Mm -hmm. um, the self-sabotaging things, right? Right. Tell me a little bit about how you how you get to know what someone's self-sabotaging things are. Well, a lot of times it's just from talking with them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like how they talk and, and the way they present themselves. But I actually use a website that has an assessment on it. <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, that I send them to because it's so very nice the way that they do the assessments. Um, and I think it's great. Um, I would like to find, and I'm still looking for, mm -hmm. like a PDF of, of an assessment that, that would do the same thing, but I haven't found that yet. Um, <laughs> sounds like something we could develop. Just saying. <laughs> it probably is. It probably is. Um, but I do like using that because it is so very helpful because we do get stuck. Mm-hmm in that sabotaging behavior. And we as adults don't even recognize it as sabotaging. Sometimes we do, but rarely. Well, we usually just think our way is the right way because it's yeah. always been our way, right? Yeah. It's the way exactly. our parents taught us or it's the way we, you know, yeah, figured exactly. out. So what kinds of things, if I can't see myself sabotaging, I'm going to an assessment, what's it asking me about how I function at work or relationships or what? Uh, a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, lots of life life questions. Um, how how do you do this? How do you see this? Those kinds of things. Gotcha. Um, but the main thing is is the nine. There's nine ways of self sabotaging, and those are very pertinent mm -hmm. <laughs> um, to how you behave. And those are very universal. Yes. So a uh, self sabotaging method could be now. I'm just you know, going off the top of my head, but could be making yourself smaller because everybody else is supposed to be more important than you. Yeah, people pleasing. Mm, people pleasing. Yes. What other kinds of self-sabotaging techniques? Uh, one of my ones that I get a lot mm -hmm. um, is high achiever. Which, on the outside, right, looks like, what? how could that be negative? And I've actually had clients tell me, how is that self-sabotaging? That's got me where I am, and I am happy where I am, and blah, blah, blah. Right. And I'm like, okay, so if that's gone tomorrow, who are you? 
Mm. And they can't answer because they don't have they don't have any. There's no. They see themselves as what they do, ah. not who they are. That is something that has always made me just marvel at the human mind, because yeah. we have gifts, right? Absolutely. We have abilities, but on the flip side of every gift is a way that gift can be misused. Mm -hmm. So if I am a high achiever because I really enjoy working and I really have a lot of ideas for doing things and I really have high standards, mm -hmm. but I attach my identity to that, then it can all begin in a moment. Yeah. Uh, there have been times where I've been in a band um, and the band's falling apart and I've been like, I don't know who I am now. Right. You know, um, when I've really extended myself in, in different areas and had to deal with a little bit of identity crisis because yeah. of that. Yeah. So I can see where that can be a gift and also be a source of problem. Well, yeah. Same as people pleaser, right? Right. So people pleaser, we get our validation. I am a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. um, when I took the test in... <laughs> When I took the test in 2012, I was a 10 people pleaser. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but we get our validation from what others are saying about us or, mm -hmm. or helping others. That's how we get our validation. We like the thank yous and the, and we don't want to admit that, that that's really right. We end up, that's what we're working for, right? To get other people to recognize what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And the reason that becomes negative because well as christians we're supposed to look outside ourselves we're supposed to help others we're supposed to do those things right and it's great but it's what i have to remind my clients of what is the number one commandment in the bible well jesus said to love you know the lord your god with all your heart yes and love your neighbor as yourself as yourself uh -oh. We forget that part. Yes. We misorder. Yes. What Jesus Absolutely. Said. So you have to love yourself before you can love your neighbor. But I think what is wrong with a lot of people in this world is that we walk around not loving ourselves, mm. but trying to love on everyone else. Yeah. So we're essentially giving from an empty cup is what I call it. Yeah. That's what I tell my clients. Like, we're giving from an empty cup. So we're giving to our husband. We're giving to our children. We're giving to our church. We're giving to anybody else and everybody else in our lives. Yeah. But what are we telling ourselves? What does that tell ourselves? Well, and one thing I've noticed with people-pleasing people, people-pleasing people, mm -hmm. people, people? <laughs> um, with people-pleasers, there is a tendency to find bottomless pits. Mm-hmm. Um, people who are never satisfied. Uh, you can see it in the movies, right? Yeah. The girl who loves the guy and is there for her. The guy who loves the girl and he's there for her. The, the person they love never wants them and is always, you know, chasing something else. Yes. Or the person they go, you know, that person goes for is someone who is mean to them and, and, you know, treats them like a, a servant. Yes. We tend to, and you know, hopefully uh, some of us are smart enough not to fall into that kind of relationship romantically, but we, we can do that with people too. I know in my life I have um, tried to 
fulfill people's needs in a way that I wasn't designed or asked to do by God. Right. And it's turned out that no matter how much I give, it's never enough. Yeah. Because if we're not coming from, you know, God as the source mm -hmm. and pointing them towards God as the source. Right. Um, and we're trying to set ourselves in God's place, and we are very bad gods. Right. <laughs> I am a very, very faulty god. Right. <laughs> right. I should probably just step off that pedestal. Absolutely. And here's the thing. Mm -hmm. If so, if there is a giver, mm -hmm. there's always going to be takers. Right. And they will suck the life out of you. Just they do. It happens. And the reason people-pleasing serves us so well as children mm -hmm. is because if we do what our mom and dad ask us to do and we are helpful, then, you know, we usually get allowance and we get, we get rewarded for that. Right. We get that a girl and, oh, I'm so proud of you and, you know, all of that. But then that begins to feel conditional and not unconditional. Mm. And so what we're essentially doing as adults is we are telling ourselves that we are of no value if we're not doing something for someone. If we are not pleasing someone else, then we are of no value. Um, that's not true, but that's what we are essentially telling ourselves that everybody else in our life is more important than And we want we to are. have a purpose. Yes. We do, we want to serve a purpose. And in our development, just in a, in a person's life development, as children, we go through that, you know, we learn obedience by mm -hmm. reward. Mm -hmm. And um, that's really useful. Right. That's really useful. Even today, yeah. I work at my job because they reward me, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if they tell me, hey, you did a great job, then I'm really excited and want to do it more. And that keeps me getting right. good performance reviews. Yeah. You know, so there are some things that are functional that come from that childhood. But in our development, we reach a point where uh, we're no longer relying on our parents for that feedback. Right. We're out in the world. Mm -hmm. And if along the way we don't learn a sense of our own value, mm -hmm. despite what other people say or do. Right. Um, then we can we can end up in some unsafe relationships or we can just end up in, with a feeling of, of despair when people are naturally fickle. People, honestly, nobody else is yeah. out there to fulfill my sense of affirmation, right? They, that's not what they exist. No. <laughs> no. And if I don't separate myself right. and be whole as a person, mm -hmm. um, then I'm relying on something that's not going to always be there. Right. I had a... Um client uh, here a while back, mm -hmm. she had gotten so frustrated um, with her family taking and feeling like she was just being used, basically. Yeah. Um, and I don't really think they meant it that way. I think it had just went on for years and years and years, and she had always been the people pleaser. We train people yeah. what to expect. Yeah. And she finally just locked herself in her room for two years. Oh. Like, because she didn't, and, and it really was about not feeling appreciated and not feeling cared for. Gosh. And that and, took a little work to help her. Oh yeah. Shift. Yeah. 
so definitely. When you get to the point where you just, um, what has been your sabotaging uh, coping skill? Uh-huh. Especially one like especially that. Especially a survival skill. Yeah, especially like a survival that. skill, right? Um, I know that everybody's, you know, the different ones have different techniques. Right. But what's the first thing someone can do to start owning their own value and separating from that, finding their identity in one of right. those ways? Well, one of the first things I do is you have to find value in yourself. Yeah. And so I do a worksheet that's um, it's, uh, strengths. It's called your uh, qualities and strengths. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people think self-esteem has to do with, you know, outer stuff, but it really doesn't. It's really on your inner, it's your inner person. Um, and so the questions are directed towards like, what have you done for somebody that was thoughtful? Mm -hmm. um, how do you care for others? Um, name a compliment that someone else has given you. You know those kinds of things mm -hmm. um, so you really find out that it's not external stuff and then I do power statements because yes. power statements are where it's at um, and I believe that you start out very very small and you work your way up yeah um, so I start with very basic things like I want you to say I am a likable and capable man or woman of God. I want you to say that out loud to yourself right now. Let's do it. One, mm -hmm. two, three. I, I am a likable and capable woman of God. Right? Yep. So there's some people out there right now who cannot say that because they have been beaten up um, or because they beat themselves up. Um, and it could be coming from childhood stuff. It could be coming from relationship stuff. It could be just coming from your own mind and how you perceive the world around you. But I want you to know that you are a likable and capable person. Because all likable means is the ability to be liked. And all capable means is the ability to learn. And we all have those abilities in some form or fashion. We all have that ability. Your creator adores you and wanted a you. Yes. A you. You were chosen. I love this verse in the Bible. Don't have it looked up right now, but where it talks about in all knowledge and understanding, mm -hmm. God sent Jesus to save us. You yes. know, he knew. He knew yes. what we'd be like. He wasn't going, oh, I think I'm buying gold and ah, I bought tinfoil, right? right? I mean, he knew. He made us. He's been Absolutely. with us all our lives and adores you. Absolutely, he does. And Absolutely. capable, the ability to learn. Oh, man, our brains are so flexible. And adaptable. And adaptable. If we've been stuck in a box for a while, they might feel a little rusty. Yeah. But it is absolutely possible. Yeah. to learn a new way. If you're still breathing, you can still evolve. Exactly. And it's never too late. You're never too old. Nope. You're never too young. Nope. <laughs> you can always learn. And it's probably a good idea to learn again 
every so often. Yes. Your self-sabotaging things now are not people pleaser as much, right? No. You're not a 10 on the people pleasing scale? No, I'm fat. We just had to take it a here while back. Uh-huh. And I am now a six. Woohoo! <laughs> so, so I have improved. Right? So now there may be other things that you focus on to, you know, shift other boxes, right? Exactly. And um, with me, it's funny, we were in a meeting recently where this came up. <laughs> yeah. And in this meeting, there were probably maybe six out of 10 people mm -hmm. who had high achiever and people pleaser um, on their list of self-saboteurs, but several of them had taken the test years ago mm -hmm. and had made drastic shifts in those sabotage scores yeah. and so you know it, it's amazing and some of them had even swapped out sabotage yeah. right and so it was time to reassess and start you know working on something different but that's pretty cool yeah that's all we have time for today if you're enjoying this interview please share it with your friends and join us next week as we continue Meanwhile, join me for two-minute daily devotional videos Monday through Friday at OneMomentWiser.com. That's the digit one, MomentWiser.com, or on social media at OneMomentWiser. God bless you.